We know more than we ever have about what it takes for optimal learning, and we're putting it into practice for children across Los Altos School District. I'm Sandra McGonigal, the Superintendent of Schools. And I'm Greg Drummond, Director of Teaching and Learning. Welcome to the LASD Experience. All right, good morning, Gregory. Mrs. McGonigal, mm-hmm. lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you, too. Uh, this is our third podcast, it, episode three. Yes. How many listeners do we have? Well, we might have something like 80 listeners, but people have listened apparently multiple times, or maybe they're stopping halfway. I don't know, 175-ish? I feel great about it. We're basically famous. <laughs> Almost famous. Almost famous. Good movie there. Well, here we are. We all, we have a very short amount of time yep. uh, to talk about some really interesting ideas related to our wheel. Um, let's walk through the five spokes of the wheel just yep. so we can bring it to everybody's memory. Absolutely. People might remember we started talking about positive developmental relationships mm-hmm. and what that looks like and why that's important. The difference between a positive mm-hmm. relationship and a positive developmental relationship is that uh, we are using that relationship to grow folks. Right. It's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we'll be talking about environments filled with safety and belonging. Then rich learning experiences and knowledge development. Absolutely. We will get into development of skills, habits, and mindsets. And then lastly, integrated support systems. Let's jump right in. Environments filled with safety and belonging. When I went to school, I was an 80s child, really, when I think about elementary school, born in 78. Uh, And... uh, Are you going to share what decade you went to elementary school? I was a 70s girl. (laughs) Thank you. Sure. And uh, I think I want to just throw this idea out there. I think that schools, when I was a kid, schools were designed for the average student. Mm. Yeah. I would agree with you. You fit in the box or you did not fit in the box. And I remember working hard to fit in the box, but recognizing many people who did not fit in the box. And that's true across like all aspects of being a part of a school, right? Yeah. Everything from academics to who oh, I am yeah. as a person, an individual, yep. all of it, right? Absolutely. Like, um, and it, one of the uh, distinguishing characteristics of this wheel is that um, we are designing schools to be inclusive and for everyone. And I feel like we do a really good job of that. Correct. Yes, we absolutely do. I want to I start with an idea that uh, in this whole category of environments filled with safety and belonging, that we are malleable. Mm. Our brains are malleable. Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a term, epigenetic ad- adaptation. Could you say that one more time? <laughs> well, I kind of uh, flubbed them. <laughs> Epigenetic adaptation. Okay. And it, it basically more. is the idea that our genes mm. um, can adapt mm. based on a number of factors, including our environment. Absolutely. Um, and so things like your diet, chronic stress, oh, yeah. uh, whether or not you feel included, you have good positive social interactions, all of those influence which genes are going to express themselves. Oh, it's so fascinating, isn't it? It absolutely is. So this is both an opportunity yeah. for schools yes, and a potential vulnerability sure. for schools. And 
um, I think that it might be nice for us to walk through um, the ways that LASD is using this idea of malleability mm-hmm. as an opportunity for kids to mm, grow. I love that. What did you have in mind this morning? I have four verbs for you. Four verbs. Four verbs. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, the verbs, I, I, I think, could be like, you think about the things that a teacher teachers are doing in our classrooms okay. to really shape kids. Through their environment. Through their environment, mm-hmm. yeah. So the first one is structure. And this is a verb. I know that structure can be also be a noun, yes, but I want you to think to about structure. St- structure as a verb. What are, yes. what are we doing? Oh, my goodness. So when I think of any classroom across any grade within our district, uh, teachers structure their day or their class period, if we're talking about junior high school, right? And it's so important for kids to understand what is the routine of the classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kids feel safe when they know what's coming, Mm -hmm. right? So some of the structures that I see within our classroom, I just turned it into a noun there, did you see? I did. Um, One of those structures is every one of our classrooms has an agenda on the board, like what's happening starting from our morning meeting until we leave the classroom. Um, that's one of the structures. Oftentimes, teachers have structures and expectations around uh, how things function within the class. How do you go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you, like, where do you sit? Like, there are so many uh, different pieces. What does pieces. it look like when it's time for me to talk about yes. something Absolutely. that we're learning with a partner? Yeah. Uh, the brain is a prediction machine. Mm, it loves love order, predict, right? Yes. Um, so when things are ordered, we feel calm and ready to learn. Yes. And so all of those things that the teacher's thinking about to structure the classroom so that kids can have calm minds and be present for learning, uh, I think that's all part of that structure. Absolutely. Verb. And you can imagine... If there was a student who really needed that structure and they were in a classroom that did not provide it, that they would constantly be in a state of stress mm-hmm. and truly unable to learn. You know, I think of a parent as a parent, we do this at home also, right? Kids like structure not only in their classrooms, but at home. And when things are predictable for kids, they uh, can take it all in and continue to grow and thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm, so nice. That's great. My second verb, include. Mm, yes. This is probably um, one of the biggest differences that I see compared to when, when we, we were, were going to school, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is included here, and I love that. Uh, I think even like uh, our junior high clubs, there are clubs mm-hmm. that happen at those junior highs yeah. where there's very identity safe um, things happening in our schools. Absolutely. So no matter who you are, you're included in a part of what's going on. Yeah. Um, let's go to another verb. And I've debated whether the verb should be believe or expect. Oh, those are two very different verbs. But I think that there's something a little bit similar. They're related in some ways, right? Like one has to do with what I I hold in my heart. Uh, Yes. Uh, What I what I actually in my heart believe that 
a student is capable, capable of. of doing yes and another is what is the outward expression of that belief yes uh, in my mind I think you should keep both because I think they need to go together and for our listeners we want to be really clear that 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 belief uh, we often talk about it as an organization is that we must believe as educators that all students can learn and achieve. Because they can. Because they can, correct. Mm -hmm. And we need to have and hold expectations uh, that everyone will. Mm -hmm. There's, a, there's a, a term we often use called a warm demander. Yeah, I love that. Right. Uh, the idea that I can uh, hold you accountable for the things that I know you can do and do it in a way that makes you feel safe and a part of things. Absolutely. And our teachers really are expert at this. They certainly are. Um, a final verb for us is okay. restore. Mm, yeah. This is a really essential component of an environment filled with safety and belonging because we're working with children <laughs> yeah, and who are learning to be full humans. Absolutely. And we expect mistakes. We expect epic failures at times. And we expect that there are children who come into our schools with trauma. Absolutely. And we are prepared to be responsive to that. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that sometimes you see in classrooms is, our classrooms is um, when something does go amiss, mm -hmm. you'll see a teacher sidled right up next to the student coaching them yeah. to work through the problem uh, instead of like coming in with consequences and forced I'm sorry's and Correct. all of this, right? We want to give kids the tools to become more and more independent with with handling and resolving their own conflicts. Mm, that's such a nice way to say it. And I think this is also a, drast a drastic difference than when I was in school, mm -hmm. right? Like you got chewed out if you did something wrong. You had no idea really what might have been wrong. You had no sure. opportunity to repair it or, or restore. Or reflect and think about or how, what, what, who was I in this situation? How, was this, how did yeah. they see it differently than I saw it? Yeah. And when I also put on my parenting hat, I think of this has always been such an opportunity. You know, I think this is also how parenting has changed over time, mm -hmm. that we really do want parents to help their kids reflect and to repair things with them. Um, because we do expect mistakes. We don't want little tiny adults walking around. <laughs> right. We want to build beautiful, whole, happy people. And, we, yeah, we want to focus on who kids are becoming and yeah. how we can help them become the very best of, of what their genes can express to take us oh, yeah. full circle you back to this idea circle. of... Uh, what was the word? Epigenetic adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, maybe we'll I end there for today. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back with episode four in just a couple of weeks. Thank you, Gregory. Thanks, Sandra.